The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. It's Friday, the 28th of July here in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Anna Edwards. Coming up today, the Bank of Japan jolts markets with a surprise change in its yield curve control. The French economy grows faster than expected in the second quarter, despite warnings from the ECB president about a deteriorating Eurozone economic outlook. And we have the latest earnings from NatWest after the bank lost two top executives to political scandal. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. The BOJ has changed its yield curve controls in a surprise move that sent markets swinging. The central bank kept its target for 10-year yields at zero, but expanded the range that yields can move to up to 1%. Governor Kazuo Ueda says this is not a policy shift. I want to stress that the decision today to tweak the YCC is not a step towards normalization. The aim is to enhance the sustainability of the monetary easing. Governor Kazuo Ueda speaking via a translator. Now on to earnings news this morning. NatWest reported pre-tax operating profit of nearly £1.8 billion for the second quarter. That figure beat estimates by more than a quarter of a billion pounds. It all comes uh, in a rocky week, though, for the bank, losing its CEO and another executive to a political storm. Bloomberg's Will Shaw says investors want answers beyond just the numbers. The bank's cut its guidance for net interest margins, which is concerning for some investors. Nobody is massively interested in that stuff, to be frank, this morning. What people really want to know about is the latest developments in the Nigel Farage scandal. That was Bloomberg's Will Shaw. Now, NatWest's top team have been speaking on a press call around the earnings just in the last few minutes. So we'll bring you more of those details shortly. Yes, and we'll hear more from from Will Shaw on that story in a moment. Now, back to the uh, eco data. And France's economy uh, grew significantly faster than expected in the second quarter, providing a positive surprise amid fears of recession in the euro area. GDP expanded by half a percent in the second quarter, much higher than the 0.1% estimates. This after the ECB president Christine Lagarde warned of a deteriorated economic outlook as the central bank hiked rates for a ninth time in a row. The near-term economic outlook for the euro area has deteriorated, owing largely to weaker domestic demand. High inflation and tighter financing conditions are dampening spending. This is weighing especially on manufacturing output, which is also being held down by weak external demand. That was the ECB president, Christine Lagarde. Now, uh, sellers are increasingly offering price cuts to tempt UK home buyers, a sign that the housing correction continues. Bloomberg's Ewan Poltz reports. 
The number of people contacting estate agents about buying a property in the UK has fallen by almost a fifth in the last two months. That's according to data from property website Zoopla. That's putting downward pressure on the market. Almost 7% of sellers reduced their asking price in July, with higher mortgage rates depressing demand and as households deal with rampant inflation. Bloomberg Economics is now forecasting a 10% drop in house prices from last year's peak. The asking price cuts aren't impacting everyone equally, though, with pricier properties, especially those in the south, losing value at the fastest pace. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. So those are a few of our top stories then for you this morning. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we've been uh, hearing a lot about work from home, Anna, that it's becoming less popular. And now this missive from City that actually it's going to start tracking UK office attendance and basically trying uh, to pick out who the hybrid holdouts are and mm. uh, imposing a few sanctions if you don't get into the office, essentially. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? A lot of granular tracking of staff going on here. I mean, I'm, lots of businesses will have this in place already, mm. the ability to see where their, whether their staff have sort of checked into the office or not. But it does... It does tell you something interesting about the direction of travel for the financial services industry, doesn't it? Yeah, in, in the work from home culture. Yeah, absolutely. One swipe per person per day per location is hmm. going to be captured. That's the line from City anyway. OK, let's turn our attention to uh, all matters uh, eco. And first, let's talk about what's going on with the uh, European uh, economy. The ECB president, Christine Lagarde, avoided any pledge on rates in September after the bank hiked... Uh, after. Uh, Sorry, let me start that again. The ECB President Christine Lagarde avoided any policy pledges ahead of the central bank's September meeting after the bank hiked by 25 basis points. Let's get some analysis of what to expect here from the ECB. Let's go to Frankfurt and speak to Bloomberg's Will Horobin, who can give us a briefing. Christine Lagarde then hiking for a ninth consecutive time yesterday, but emphasising the deterioration of the economy. Uh, Will, what did you take away from it? Well, firstly, that um, they still say that inflation will be too high for too long. Um, but that they are shifting to a much more sort of data-dependent approach. So they're really looking at what's going to happen in the next couple of months. And we're going to have a few readings over the summer that will determine almost entirely what they do in September. Um, as you said, they also acknowledge that there is now an economic impact starting to happen from all the rates that they've, um, all, the, all the rate increases they've done in the last year. Um, and and so there's a 
deterioration in the short term economic outlook. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I suppose that, you know, the GDP numbers that we're getting out this morning are backward looking. Perhaps more important will be the is the CPI data. Yeah, the CPI data will be important. I think, you know, the GDP data is also um, significant in sort of set it, setting the sort of um, the sentiment about what's happening in the, in the European economy right now. And we just heard that Germany has exited recession with, well, by, by managing to just. Managing zero growth, <laughs> yeah, only just. Um, and France had a bumper second quarter, boosted by um, the delivery of a, of a gigantic cruise ship. Um, so the narrative isn't isn't as disastrous as that maybe. Um, but yeah, as you say, like CPI is really the focus. So far this morning, we've had um, France, which was slightly softer than expected in July. Um, although the, the services inflation in the French numbers did tick up slightly, and that's um, of key importance to the ECB, we know. Um, and in Spain, it was uh, inflation was also stronger than expected, and the core inflation in Spain was was also stronger than yeah. expected at six point two percent. A fascinating insight on the French numbers and the and the delivery of the cruise ship that had passed my passed me by will in all the BOJ excitement. So thank you for flagging that one. Let me ask you about that Spanish CPI print just at high level. I mean, the Spanish number came in higher than expected, and a lot of the other data seems to have been coming in below expectation uh, for the eurozone. I mean, on the inflation front, but the Spanish data was never that high in the first place. So I wonder if the ECB can sort of set that aside as a different trend. Maybe I mean the direction for CPI has been that it's been coming down in Europe. Yeah, I think, and that was referred to yesterday in the press conference, that, that Spain is perhaps a bit of a separate trend. Um, and the, pre- the previous month's number, if I'm not wrong, was, was well below 2%, which is the um, ECB's target. And this morning's was 2.1%, so we're close to target. But it really, again, like the ECB has been focusing much more on core inflation, which they think is the thing to look at when you're trying to judge what's going to happen next um, for, for overall inflation. And again, in Spain, that was, that was higher than expected and still way above 2%. Yeah, absolutely. Can you put the ECB, though, into context? Um, you know, the, the comparison seems to be that uh, the, the policy tools are not that different or that the point at which the ECB and the Fed are, are pausing may not be terribly different, but actually economically um, and in terms of inflation, Europe is in a very different place. And then, of course, you've got to layer into that the BOJ action uh, this morning, you know, trying to... Um, tweak, ease, change, yield curve control? How do we think about that from a European perspective? I think um, yesterday Lagarde pointed out again that, you know, they have very different, um, that they don't have, they don't share the same mandate for a start. Um, so the, the ECB is squarely focused on inflation. Um, and there were elements in what she said that, you know, I think the overall takeaway was quite dovish but then she did also say that um whether we if whether we pause or or hike in september that doesn't mean that it's the end the end of the cycle you know they they could she still left like future hikes on the table Okay, thanks so much. Thanks to Will Horobin for joining us there with a look at what's going on across the Eurozone economy. Let's return to earnings stories, but actually uh, not really an earnings story. Yes, NatWest has uh, put out its earnings, but there are other things to talk about here. So let's go to the NatWest uh, uh, developing news. Uh, NatWest has cut its guidance for net interest margins this year and reported a pre-tax profit of £1.77 billion. Uh, 
but the focus remains on the fallout from the from the uh, well the effects of Nigel Farage on this bank. Let's get to that, shall we? Our finance reporter Will Shaw joins us now. What are we expecting from well? What have we seen? Sorry, from the results today. Um, so, pre-tax profits of one point seven seven billion. That's a beat on estimates, and it's up twenty seven percent from uh, a year ago. Uh, it's also cut its guidance for net interest margins, so there's good news and bad news in there. Um, no one's really interested in that, I don't think. Um, they, in what people want to know about is the the Nigel Farage scandal. We've all been on tenderhooks uh, all week, wondering what NatWest executives are actually going to say. Uh, we found out the answer this morning. Howard Davis, the chairman, uh, was speaking to reporters earlier. He says he's got the support or NatWest has the support of its main shareholder, the UK government and regulators, and that he intends to lead the board and provide stability. Um, We also met Paul Thwaite for the first time, who's the interim Mm. CEO. Uh, People don't know very much about him outside of NatWest. Uh, He's been there for for more than 20 years. Um, He said it's an understatement to say that these are not ideal circumstances for someone to take over the job. Um, It must be said they all sounded a lot calmer than I would have done in that situation. (laughs) Imagine being thrown into being CEO with about two days' notice and having to speak to all your shareholders and the assembled media... No, it's incredible, really. Yeah, immense pressure, isn't it? And uh, also after such a kind of difficult moment, given that you've got um, Peter Flavel from Coots and Alison Rose, the CEO, both having gone in the space of a few days, and the chairman remains under pressure? What is our assessment? I mean, I thought he sounded like he probably knows he's safe this morning. Mm. Um, The Prime Minister would only give him very lukewarm backing earlier in the week. When I spoke to Nigel Farage yesterday, uh, he said he expected um, Howard Davis to be out of position by the end of Friday. Um, It all sounds like a much more stable situation now, to be honest. I Mm. imagine he's here to stay. Yes, I mean, how damaged, in, in now we look back on this week, how damaged do you think NatWest is after this week? Losing its CEO of the group, losing the CEO of this part of the business, Nigel Farage and the fallout from the closure of his bank account, of course, but also the wider questions that that has raised, really having an impact on this uh, on this um, you know titan of, uh, of UK banking. I think after all this, its governance does look pretty rocky. I think probably the, the most troubling bit was probably Alison Rose admitting um, that she'd spoken to a BBC journalist um, about confidential details relating to Nigel Farage's bank account and the fact that the information that she gave to the BBC appears to have been incomplete at best. I think there is, however, an argument here that she's been treated a bit differently than a male executive might have been. Um, there's an article to that effect in the in the Guardian this morning. One of the examples that's flagged in particular is, is Jez Staley, who used to be... Uh, used to be CEO of Barclays, now notorious obviously. Um, at Barclays he was found to be um, ha- he was found to be having trying to, lo- he was found trying to locate a whistleblower. Uh, he was able to, to keep his job. I think there's a suggestion that perhaps um, dual standards have been applied to Alison Rose. Having said that I think what she did is quite serious. Hi everyone, I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? 
You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.